Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 40 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. P-Supers, thanks for tuning in. This week it's part one of my chat with physiotherapist, coach and author, Anne Parkinson. People Soup is an award-winning podcast where we share evidence-based behavioural science in a way that's practical, accessible and fun to nourish your mind, to flourish at work. The more time outdoors for me, the better. And if it's with play and with nieces and nephews, absolutely brilliant. Also on my own as well, with my camera or walking around. I guess play the last few years has become more important as I've started to understand that more. And I guess having young nieces and nephews really helped reconnect to that. And having that that fun, that joy, that beginner's mind, that not necessarily having a goal, just being exactly where you are, has become very important. We cover loads more in our chat, including Anne's career pathway, her thirst for learning, her experience of living with pain, how much she learns from each person she collaborates with as a client, and the impact of compassion-focused therapy in her life and practice. We finish this episode with Anne's song choice, which is a corker. In other news, reviews are in for our two-parter with Dr. Eric Goodman. On Facebook, a listener recommends both parts and says, there are many important points between these two podcasts, including why a level of anxiety is part of being human and why your relationship with anxiety matters. Dr. Goodman talks about how he blends cognitive behavioural therapy, compassion-focused therapy and acceptance and commitment therapy. Dr. Goodman's book sounds great, and I know it will have beautiful illustrations as these were done by Act Ante. Amen to that, and I can confirm the book is marvellous, and the illustrations are fantastic. And in a perfect, symmetrical circle of life moment, that review was from Anne Parkinson. In other news, you may have heard we've had some lovely bookmarks printed to celebrate the podcast and spread the word. They're printed on recycled paper, are top quality, and are free. There's no hidden catch, so don't be shy. If you'd like a couple, just send me your postal address and my dad, Big G, will leap into action to arrange a personalised dispatch. At the moment, due to lockdown, we're asking for UK addresses only, please. If you do enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and review it, whatever platform you're on. It helps us amplify our voice and reach more people with stuff that could be useful. If there's an episode you particularly like, why not drop some change into our virtual tip jar? It helps us keep the podcast going, and every £3 is most gratefully received. You can find the tip jar over at ko-fi.com slash peoplesoup. And a big shout-out to Richard Coates, one of our fabulous sponsors who did just that. For now, get a brew on and have a listen to part one of my conversation with Anne Parkinson. Anne Parkinson. A very, very warm welcome to People Soup. Great to see you. Great to have you here. Hi, Ross. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for asking me. So, and delighted that you're here. A new year, a new lockdown. A lot of us facing uh, longer stretches, sitting down, working at home. So it's an ideal opportunity to have you here. I'm going to do what I usually do, which is a little insight from my research team, who don't always get things exactly right. 
So I'll present to you what they've found out about you and we'll see how we get on. Okay. So they say, Anne Parkinson, physiotherapist and coach who empowers you to move, do what you love and live well. Now, Anne sets up and practices at Unity Physiotherapy and Wellbeing, and that's based in Lincolnshire. How are we doing so far, Anne? That's all accurate so far, Ross. Get in. Right. <laughs> what do Unity Physiotherapy and Wellbeing do? They specialize in high quality, person-centered physiotherapy and coaching, particularly for people with neurological conditions, persistent pain, and balance problems. And what particularly excites me, P-Supers, about Anne is that her approach includes blending physiotherapy with ACT, acceptance and commitment therapy, and also compassion-focused therapy, as well as meditation. So there's, there's lots of overlap between our work there. And what is physiotherapy? Physiotherapy is a science-based profession that treats the whole person as part of achieving health and well-being goals or rehabilitation goals and maximizing health and well-being. It's sounding all great so far, Ross. It's a good job. <laughs> Commendation to my research department. And we found a lovely expression of your values on your website, which really sang out to me about who you are as a, as a physiotherapist and a coach and a, and a professional. It said, connect to yourself with compassion, calm your nervous system, create a meaningful life. Beautiful. Yes, thank you. That's um, a quote one day that popped in my mind as a little summary of, of things. And it's quite a meaningful quote to me, that one. Yeah, and it, it resonated with me too, Anne. So most exciting for me, as if it could get any more exciting, Anne is also an author. And just before Christmas, she published a book called Dancing Through Life, A Guide to Living Well. A big round of applause if I had one there, and firstly for writing a book, but secondly for writing such a marvellous book. I'll come back to it in a moment, but well done. Thank you. Yes, it was uh, absolutely labour of love, this book. Um, many obstacles in the way, um, and, that, and the reason I was writing it, and I kept on going. So, uh, yes, thank you. Some other snippets from my research department, they say... Let me reassure you, they're not following you around in a sort of sinister way, but they say that you love being outdoors with your camera, taking beautiful shots. I've seen some of those beautiful shots. And they say that you love embodying this spirit of play as well in your life, particularly with your nieces and nephews. Absolutely. Um, both of those things, very high up my values list um, and very meaningful activities. Nature has so much to offer us for our health and well-being. Um, the more time outdoors for me, the better. And if it's with play and with um, nieces and nephews, absolutely brilliant. Also on my own as well, uh, with my camera or walking around. I guess play the last few years has become more important as I've started to understand that more and I guess having young nieces and nephews really helped reconnect to that and having that that fun that joy that beginner's mind that not necessarily having a goal just being exactly where you are has become very important and I love the way you say reconnecting with play because I think as adults we can lose our connection with it and something so valuable I love the way you describe it as, as beginner's mind and that sort of attitude of playfulness. Yeah, it's that attitude that you see children take. And as you say, as adults, we do lose that and disconnect from it. And 
of lots of um, other learning and things that maybe blocks that. And I think sometimes we need to unlearn some things. I think children have a lot to teach us and we can then stay connected to it. So I may well be found hopscotching down the street, all sorts of things may look slightly bonkers. Um, I'm not bothered. So yes, it's I've reconnected to that that real fun side. Doesn't matter what people think, just en- enjoy it and um, yeah. I love that. Maybe we could get that trending and of hopscotching down the street. <laughs> Absolutely, and run into the next lamppost. Did you ever do that as a child? When you, if there was a car and you had to run to the next lamppost before the next car, or yeah. if there was a certain colour car, yeah doing those sort of things not standing on the cracks oh i love this it could make our walks into more playful experiences absolutely walking on the curb you know balancing on the curb things like that in the book as well it's it's reconnecting to that playful side and and noticing how you react to that i think it is very nurturing and very important and, and finally, Anne, from my research department, I've been contacted by, you don't know this, he's told me you don't know this, Bill Gates and Microsoft, and they're nominating you as an uber guru in formatting documents. They've recognized your skills in the preparation of this book, and they're going to give you the highest honor possible as, a, as an uber formatter. So congratulations. You know, thank you, Ross. And I'm going to be very honest here. The formatting comes down to my youngest sister, mostly. I did very basic. And then when we were out of the first lockdown, I went around with my laptop and she did all sorts of things like she did when we were children, press millions of buttons and (laughs) set up all sorts of automatic, uh, like heading one, heading two, paragraph, quote, text, etc. However, I then learned to edit and amend it. (laughs) So... Wow. So a transfer of skills and a great collaboration there with your younger sister. Absolutely. And as she gets mentioned in the acknowledgements, and something I said is that uh, we'll always laugh at how many times did you hit return? And there's a story behind that because she said it to me this year, but something that she used to say to me a lot as a child. So as we were growing up, technology really came much more in when my two younger sisters were at school and the youngest one's absolute whiz. And I just formatting documents is not my thing. Mm-hmm. And I always used to get, how many times have you hit return? And she said it to me this time. And we just <laughs> absolutely laughing. Um, because of that connection to that previous time some things don't don't leave you (laughs) so happy memories oh I love that thanks for showing that so Anne that's that's the extent of my my research department so I wonder if you could just expand a bit on your your career give us some a little insight into your career maybe reflecting on a couple of significant moments Okay, I'll give it a go. So your research department's done a great job. I actually went back to uni as a mature student. Uh, I left school, didn't really know what I wanted to do, did half a degree, uh, then worked in a bank for a number of years. And it ticked some of my values boxes, working with people, um, helping people. It wasn't it wasn't for me. There was lots of reasons why. And I went and retrained. I was adamant I was going into sports physiotherapy the minute I did a neuro placement I was wow this is you know this is amazing really connected to it um educators at the time said I'd be very surprised you don't do something with this and I went and worked as a junior physio uh, in lots of different areas and neurology was still the big love at the time and I developed a specialism went to work in a stroke team set up a private practice for neurology And then 
over the time, persistent pain uh, specialism developed from my own experiences of living with pain and treatment I received and where I was. I started reading, learning, and I just knew there was more to it than we were taught at university. Um, so over the years, I developed persistent pain specialism as well, something that I'm absolutely passionate to keep working in, really connected to. It's something very close to my heart, living with persistent pain and fatigue as well. So that's how they sort of developed over the years. And along the way, I trained as a NLP practitioner, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, a life coach that became wellbeing coaching with all the other things. So yoga that I practiced myself that I came to through persistent pain. And that's much more than an on the map yoga practice. There's a lot of misconceptions about that. And I did physio courses for that. And I'm actually in the middle of my formal yoga teacher training because I really want to deepen that knowledge. It's something that is like home. Yeah, something I'm very deeply connected to, like the persistent pain side of things. And then when Chris Winston started that 365 days of compassion hashtag, as he knows, that means ever such a lot to me for many reasons. And it took me on um, a journey, absolutely amazing journey of delving into compassion, compassion focused therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. And, and they've all become blended into um, my approach and, and compassion is actually one of my core values. So and it's something that's often missing. So there, how I've kind of, where all that's gone. And there were pivotal moments, I guess, leaving the NHS was one pivotal moment. And I did that because of my pain levels and how I was. It gave me freedom and control to get myself well, to heal and to learn. Because I had no I guess flexibility within that to learn more because of the structure so that was a pivotal moment so I started to have some aha moments about resilience and many other things and then another pivotal moment I guess was reading The Compassionate Mind by Professor Paul Gilbert that was a book for me that was life-changing I remember saying to colleagues on a Tai Chi for healthcare professionals course this book is absolutely brilliant. It's going to change in my practice. And I can't actually remember what my responses were to them because it was probably four, three, four years ago. But I do remember how much of an impact that book had. And that was part of my journey from the 365 Days of Compassion hashtag. So I guess many aspects have contributed to where I am now. And what ultimately it's led to is a great interest in everything it is to be human. So there's philosophy, psychology, physiology, sociology, anything which can involve going down lots of rabbit holes. And what I've learned over the, I guess, the last year is I need to be a little bit more specific like that because I can't take quite on everything as much as I'm interested and would love to. As I say, that's probably a waffly summary. But <laughs> No, it's a beautiful summary. And thank you. What I, what I really see from you is your the energy you're radiating as you describe this journey and your your courage and your thirst for learning and that curiosity to think this could be better or there's something else that could support other people and a lot of that comes from your own experience of pain i think having read the book you are very open and 
prepared to be vulnerable for us and describing your experience of pain. I wonder if you wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit, Anne. Um, yeah, sure. I think that compassion, the curiosity, the courage, that's all important in sharing. And we learn from sharing each other's experiences. And, and I learn every day from the people I work with. And I learn from my own experiences. And then I learn from reading and so everything together. But people I work with, I think, teach me ever such a lot. And I'm hoping through sharing bits in the book that I can help others through my experiences and the experiences I do share with a couple of little bits of others, a couple of people that have fed back how inspirational that story is. So I guess I don't see it as inspirational, but then when you reflect back, you think actually, you know, to get to where I am from where I was is, is pretty amazing. And it reminds us of how, or reminds me of how resilient we are if we really connect and we build that awareness and we do it compassionately so for me pain has been around well certainly over 20 years um, and I've had many things that have contributed along the way and I've lived with fatigue since chronic early Lyme's disease which got uh, diagnosed as post-treatment Lyme disease and, and for me you can call it what you like it could be chronic fatigue syndrome because it fits those categories essentially i would let go of any labels I'm given because to me what matters is what helps me maintain my energy what helps me live by my values what helps me do what's meaningful to me what am I most connected to how can I do it without I want to say flooring my systems but that's not quite right but without really sensitizing everything so things are actually a lot better than they ever used to be and maybe one day they'll go away. It's not something that I will attach to. It's not my goal to get rid of the pain because then I'm missing out on ever such a lot in life. So I, th I think um, at one time, my goal was absolutely to get rid of the pain. Mm. Um, and that was my focus. And I was missing out on ever such a lot. Whereas actually we can do things that help the pain and change the pain. It's not necessarily the goal. We know they help us because I think there's been a move away from symptom reduction, which is, is something I've heard in the anxiety podcast you did uh, recently. And I think that's happened in the pain side of things. And actually we can have some symptom reduction and then we can have some willingness to accept that there's still some of that there. But that doesn't mean that you can't do the things that are important in some way. Maybe not how you did them before. Maybe it would be. But yeah, I, I've, I've learned a lot and I've had to move house recently and courtesy of the current situation, I had to do a lot of that on my own and I was in a fortunate situation to be able to pace that over about a month and I did put some other things on hold rather than trying to push through everything. Peace Supers, let me just say that Anne really does expand on, the, on her life experience. She lays out her life story and, and talks about her experience and it truly is an absolute inspiration in this book. Because for me, Anne, what you are is a living example of embodying the treatment you offer your patients. You are a, like a walking manifestation of that, if you like. I aim to be. Um, and I've had people say that, that I practice what I preach. And I hope I don't preach it because that wouldn't be <laughs> a collaboration. But that obviously that's saying I can't help people explore and teach them what I don't practice so I can't help them explore 
awareness if I'm not self-aware I can't help them by teaching them meditation if I don't practice it I can't teach them yoga if I don't practice it it doesn't mean to say I need to practice if somebody fishes it doesn't mean to say I need to go out fishing because they want to get back to fishing however I need to understand what that fishing entails and then you know bring in other things so yeah just hearing you speak and makes me think about sometimes people say to me if we're because you know I'm an organizational psychologist and sometimes you need to go and talk to a business about what you can offer and people say to me how do you assemble a business case or how do you convince them that they should invest in this type of workplace training and I always say start off with how you want to be the qualities you want to bring to the conversation and think about using the tools you would use in the training for their people use them in preparing for that conversation and then everything else will flow from that and for me that's what that's what you're doing you're out there you're you're sharing small videos you've written a book hats off to you it's really powerful what you're doing about sharing this integrated message of your approach which is still evolving absolutely thank you yeah and i'd agree you know that approach that you you give to them to start with of how you want that conversation to be and everything is still evolving we're always learning unlearning if we ever think we're finished well that that's uh, um I would say a concern but yeah I think I do my best to do that and I like today what I wanted to bring to today when the self-critical self is piping up rather loudly and I spent a few minutes connecting to my compassionate self with some compassionate imagery and reminding myself that gently that all I can do is my best and that will be enough so that again is what you said about how you want that conversation to be beautiful I love that and thank you and I saw from the book your curiosity is extending to nutrition so nutrition is something that's always been important growing up my mum was really interested in eating well she still is 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 having that balanced diet and I haven't had the qualifications to help people in any way really with that and so I decided to do a functional nutrition and chronic pain course which I did over six weeks during the lockdown absolutely fascinating helped me make some changes within my diet um, as well that have been helpful. I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a dietitian. However, it means I can give people a little bit of guidance and refer them on when needed. So it's one of the parts of the pillars of health that we need with the movement, with the relaxation, with awareness, with lots of things. Mm. So yeah, I just wanted that little bit more information for me and to help others. I think that speaks to your curiosity and your thirst for for learning and for supporting others as well yeah I I think you're right there it it would do and it's how much of the information I can hold on to I have to keep obviously going back over it and reminding myself but yeah food is is really important and getting that balance of what's right for us and it's not what's right for somebody else and I think that's important to remember for people is that nutrition like many other things there are some guidelines Um, but we don't have to be strict and rigid with them and play about and find out what works and what works now is not necessarily always going to work but there'll always be a foundation nice thank you now Anne, there's there's a question i ask my my guests on people soup it's a bit of an odd one but it's about a song so i wonder if there's a, a song that would announce your arrival in a room for the next few weeks 
because I knew about this in advance and I had a think and there was a song that immediately popped in my head and I reflected why that was because it didn't feel quite right and so I googled I have to say because my memory of artists and songs is not great and the song uh, is Believe by Whitney and Mariah oh so the reason being that it's uh about hope and belief and compassion, connection, possibilities and safety. After last year and as things are still now this year, I would like that to be carrying that hope and that compassion and that balance between a calmness and uplifting, which for me is, is what that song is. Two mega voices there, Whitney and Mariah. And I'm flabbergasted to say I can't actually think of the song. I can't actually think how it goes because sometimes PCPs will be probably grateful that this isn't going to happen, but I have a go at singing it, but I can't think how it goes. So, hey ho, I might put it in afterwards. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I can vaguely think of some of it um, from playing it yesterday. However, I'm not going to attempt to sing it. So. <laughs> That's it in the bag. I'd like to thank Anne for her openness and amazing insights. Next time we'll talk more about her book, Dancing Through Life, A Guide to Living Well. Now, I couldn't actually start to tackle emulating the goddesses that are Whitney and Mariah, but I have had my own crack at the song at the very end of this episode. So, apologies in advance for that. And also, look out because there'll be a special bonus episode with Anne between the two parts of her interview where she takes us through a short awareness and breathing exercise. So watch out for that. If you like this episode of the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, rating or review are also very much appreciated. The show notes for this episode are at rossmackintosh.co.uk and there you will find links to a few different platforms as well. I love to hear from you, and you can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod.gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, at people.soup. And on Facebook, we are at peoplesouppod. Thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic, and Alex Engelberg for his vocals. And to you for listening. Look after yourselves, peasoupers, and bye for now. Me, 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 me. Many nights we prayed With no proof anyone could hear In our hearts a hopeful song We barely understood Now we are not afraid Although we know there's much to fear We were moving mountains Long before we knew we could. Oh yes. There can be miracles. When you believe. Though hope is frail, it's hard to kill. Who knows what miracles you, yeah you, can achieve.